Welcome to the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast. If you are a homeschool mama challenged by doubt, not sure if you can do this homeschool thing, if you are a homeschool mama challenged by overwhelm, there are just too many things to do, or if you are a homeschool mama looking for connection and encouragement, then this is the podcast for you. I'm Teresa Wiedrich from CapturingTheCharmedLife.com, and I'm here to encourage you in your homeschool journey. So let's turn our homeschool challenges into our homeschool charms. Happy Mother's Day, homeschool mamas. I hope that you've been encouraged, inspired, felt like somebody came alongside you to address the real homeschool mama needs that you have. In our last week Instagram Live Homeschool Mama Mentor series, I was so privileged to chat with these Homeschool Mama mentors that I've been getting to know through my podcast, also behind the scenes. Women that inspire me and encourage me so that I feel not only supported but able to address real issues or concerns or needs that I have in my real homeschool. And I know that my experience and my needs as a homeschool mom for 15 years are fairly reflective of the needs and concerns that you might have. Because I've been there, done that for about 15 years. Let's say 15 years. I'm going to hold that number for a while because I'm going to forget how many years it actually is. If I can't remember how old my actual children's ages are at any given time, or even some days their names, then I'll just say 15 years for a bit. But I know that who I am and who you are isn't the same. We come to homeschooling for different reasons. We came to parenting for different reasons. We have different opinions about what an education is anyway. We have different opinions on how to engage our children when they're doing challenging things. We just don't necessarily see the world the same way. However, I wrote the book, Homeschool Mama Self-Care Nurturing the Nurturer, because I learned to pay attention to what I needed and I discovered in my study along the way of a whole bunch of other homeschool mamas that we have some very common concerns. We have common concerns like perfectionism. Some of us don't feel like what we're doing is good enough. Surely, whatever we see that is pretty on Pinterest or somebody else's Instagram account is the best way to homeschool. Or surely the school system knows how to educate children and we couldn't possibly meet their standards or expectations. Wait, are we supposed to want to? Some of us have challenges with anger. We like to tell ourselves we're just not patient enough to homeschool, but the truth is I have yet to meet that mom that feels like they're patient enough to homeschool. And if you are that mom, because I surely just simply have not met that mom yet. I know that the reason why you're patient isn't because you're necessarily self-controlled. Rather, you have learned to understand your child. 
you simply understand who they really are, where they are in their development. There's grace for understanding the child. But that discovery took me years, and I still engage in the challenge of learning to understand my children. And I hear so often that that is the case for you too. You know what else I hear about? Common concern, understandable concern that you have, that of doubt. Doubting that whether what you're doing is really doing right by your child. Or does this education at home thing work? Oh, for so many reasons. It works. But how do I tell you that it will work without you seeing that it'll work? Well, I have a few ways to address that doubt. Do you know why I've had to learn that? Because I doubted. Because I had a hard time believing coming from my perspective, my background, my educational background, my husband's educational background, the culture of what we're taught about what education is anyways, I have had to learn to look into my child's eyes, pay attention to my child in front of me, rather than what I'm told on mass, and believe that the way they learn is the way they learn. In fact, what they want to learn is what they need to learn. That playing is learning. That sometimes I get to infuse their days with educational things that I really think are important for them to learn. And that's okay too. Doubt is not dispelled. Simply because I've determined, I will now be confident. Frankly, I want to infuse you with confidence and just say, here's your vaccination against doubt. But it doesn't exist because you don't need a vaccination for this one. You need muscle strengthening. You are going to learn how to be independent You're going to think independently. You are going to think family-centric. Your family. What does your family need? What does your child need? Your goal is to help educate your children. And you, Mama, are your child's greatest advocate. And as you do that, you will strengthen your independent muscle. You will see as you observe your children, that they do indeed learn and grow up to be the people they were meant to be when that's your goal. Homeschool mamas struggle with boundaries. Are you surprised? No, not surprised. The discussion of boundaries is huge because what boundary you may feel is important might not be one that I think is important. But I guarantee you that whatever boundary issues you have in pretty much any relationship, it is bearing out in your experience at home, in your homeschool, with how you approach your kids. No doubt my exploration into boundaries, which began in my marriage, extended into my relationship with my parents, 
and in the church that I was attending and into the friendship community that I had. And just like strengthening the muscle of independence. So I doubt less as a homeschool mom, practicing and strengthening that muscle of boundaries influences my approach with my kids in my homeschool. And it also makes sure that I actually feel like I have time for me. I have quiet. I have time to develop me. I can recharge. I include activities in our homeschool days that are also mentally stimulating for me. Equally, almost as equally, a challenge for homeschool families, homeschool mamas in the beginning years, especially in homeschooling, but definitely on towards veteran homeschool years, if we don't have this figured out, is how to deal with overwhelm in our homeschools. Overwhelmed with what, you ask? Okay, the only person that is asking that is someone that accidentally fell upon this podcast that isn't a homeschool parent. So many reasons to be homeschool overwhelmed, wouldn't you say? I've got a grappling with overwhelm checklist, free PDF for you, available in my homeschool group, the Homeschool Mama Support Group on Facebook, and in the link in my bio on Instagram, Homeschool Mama Self-Care. Definitely a popular download for a reason. But once again, I can give you the checklist. You can check it once or twice every day, but you don't have time. You can be reminded of what you can do to address your overwhelm, but it's a muscle that you need to strengthen. There are common reasons why homeschool moms feel overwhelmed. Can we say unrealistic expectations? Maybe that needs to become a homeschool mama affirmation every morning. Be realistic with my expectations of my child because um, they're a child. P.S. I am speaking to me right now because when you are around your homeschooled kids long enough, you kind of expect them to adultify. And frankly, that's a useful tool because they should be growing up along the way, but also they're not grown up. Those are two concepts that are challenging to meld in your mind that you want your child to adultify, to grow up, to be able to engage relationships in a healthy way because they're taught you're giving them tools so why aren't you doing it already but also they're children and they aren't grown up it's challenging to put the two ideas together but the goal is to both help them grow up and also to recognize that they're not grown up altering my expectations of how i actually do homeschool is a huge discussion which, frankly, the unschooling movement and the self-directed learning movement takes on with a fervor, as it should. And whether we choose to be under unschooled or self-directed learners, and I'm not telling you how to homeschool, you do you, and I mean that, I do think that taking cues from our practical homeschool days and saying, is what we're doing actually working? Do we enjoy it? Are our children learning? What do they think about this? Those are useful tools for us to determine whether we should shift 
in a direction that might work better. And from experience, unschool movement and the self-directed learning movement and John Taylor Gatto, John Holt, Julie Bogart, Judy Arnell, and myriads of other people have given me loads of things to consider all about my child's learning approach. And if they need to be learning, what other people are saying is important to learn and how to learn and how to show that learning is actually learning versus just test taking and grade making. Hmm. Big discussion, but oh, so overwhelming when our expectations are school-like for homeschools. It's always been a challenge for homeschool moms dealing with loneliness, but no more than this year. This year has highlighted it for everybody in a different or unique way. But as homeschool moms, we homeschool moms have been challenged to create and enable a community that feels satisfying for us and our homeschooled kids. The notion that we're actually alone though isn't real. Yeah, we feel like we are because why? We know that there's 7 billion other people on the planet, so surely somebody else thinks like us or feels like us or exists like us. But therein lies the challenge that we actually expect that in order to not feel lonely, we must have other people with us that think like us and do things like us. Which, might I add, if you have a partner or a best friend, you'll know that no matter how much they love you and you love them, you don't think the same way. You just don't. So how do we feel together, separately, independently? There are some ways that we can approach our loneliness or a sense of separateness or our lack of community. One is by showing up authentically. If Brené Brown told me anything, it was that I could not show up in a way that was contrived. Oh yes, I could. And oh yes, I did. Because I was afraid to show up any other way. I wanted to show up as the good, good person. I wanted to show up as the kind person. And though, of course, these things are valuable, there's a whole different aspect of me. And I don't mean the unkind and ungood. I need to show up as me, authentically, truly me. And when I show up like that, when I show up as me, if people like me, it's because they like me. If I show up as inauthentic me, people won't like me. Oh, they might like me, but they don't even know who me is. So they're going to like something that isn't really me. And I know that they don't know the real me. So then turns out I feel kind of lonely because nobody knows me. So first and foremost, I have to show up authentically. And if homeschooling taught me anything, it was that we homeschool mamas are not homogenous. Our homeschool families in any given community are not homogenous. We don't think the same way. We don't choose the same curriculum if we have one. We don't choose the same approaches with our kids, with our values. Even if we are attending the same church, we don't think the same way. 
I learned from my homeschool world that I do not have to think identically in order to connect. And the thing that I've learned along the way entirely from my own experience is that the number one reason I feel lonely is because I'm not comfortable just being with me. I'll let you think about that one. That one is one that a lot of people say, say what? If we are comfortable existing in solitude, we're comfortable being with other people that are different from us. We're comfortable just being. We don't feel alone because we're not alone. We're with us. So be friends with yourself first. Naturally, I think Brene Brown says it best in her book, Daring Greatly, how the courage to be vulnerable transforms the way we live, love, parent, and lead. She says, belonging is the innate human desire to be part of something larger than us. Because this yearning is so primal, we often try to acquire it by fitting in and by seeking approval, which is not only hollow substitute for belonging, but often a barrier to it. Because true belonging only happens when we present our authentic, imperfect selves to the world. Our sense of belonging can never be greater than our own level of self-acceptance. These are just some of the challenges that I've experienced in homeschooling. And I know that you also have other challenges too. This is the season where homeschool mamas start to plan for their next year. Well, it is for a lot of homeschool moms. If you're one of those homeschool moms like me right now that's thinking, are you kidding? I am so done with homeschooling. I am absolutely not planning the next year. Then don't worry, I'm with you. But I know based on what I'm seeing with others around me and online that people are definitely beginning to plan their next homeschool years. And I know that in my early years, I most definitely was planning homeschooling in May. In fact, I was often attending a homeschool conference, which was really helpful for me to walk through different curriculum vendors and see what was offered. I was as excited as anyone to pull my rolling luggage along that giant hallway to see what was going to be my next homeschool year. That's how I approached it then. And boy, did I put an effort into it, just like you have. I had my colored markers and my homeschool mama day timer. I had every subject planned. I had a little notebook where I kept ideas. I still do, but I followed them. <laughs> that would be the difference between then and now. I expected that if I wrote it down, I did it. Not so much anymore. I'm way more free-flowing now. Way back then, I had the day scheduled. Surprise, no surprise. If you know me, I was an 8 to 3.30 kind of gal because um, that's what they're doing in school. I followed religiously Susan Wise Bowers' tome, The Well-Trained Mind, that is filled with fabulous homeschool ideas and fabulous ways to approach different aspects of an education, but I followed it to a T. My eight-year-old and six-year-old at the time most definitely remember that I did that, and even the most academic of them didn't think it was fun. But I did it, and I planned every 
read aloud, and I planned every history reading, and I planned every morning read aloud, and poetry, and Latin, and French, and Italian, and economics, and logic, and history, and science, and chemistry, and biology, and geology, and I could continue. I did it all. I planned it all. I don't know how you're planning it. Maybe you're not doing anything of what I've done. That's okay, because however you do it, I genuinely think you should do it the way that works for you and for your kids. And to even go with the flow of how you've traditionally been taught, but gradually pay attention so closely to your children. Observe how your children learn. Observe what they do when they are left to their own devices, that they actually teach you what learning really is and how you should be homeschooling. Then you gradually let go your ideas of how you're supposed to do it. And you're doing it the way that your family needs to do it. But you're doing all that planning for your homeschooled kids. You're doing all of it, as would be expected. Of course you're doing that. But are you planning for you? So I'm a homeschool mom of four. And somewhere in my third homeschool year, about January, February, the slump month, that season where most homeschool moms are ready to find the yellow bus and put their kids on it, well, I was done. In my heart, I was mouthing the words, help me, as the school bus drove by. I found myself reacting to kids' squabbles more intensely. Or there, I was finding myself perpetually irritated that a child wouldn't show interest in her studies. I'd say something like, if you don't dot, 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 then you're getting on that bus. Now, I knew I didn't actually want to research the local school's telephone number, but I definitely didn't know what else to do. I was definitely done. I did not have time for me. I didn't feel good in my body. I felt overwhelmed, of course. I was bored by yet another repeat of the same curriculum. I did everything as perfectly as I could, but had this feeling it wasn't good enough. I wondered if I was doing right by my kids. Until a friend of mine, a non-homeschool mom friend, had suggested that I watch a Brené Brown TEDx talk, and I realized in that moment of a discussion on authenticity and vulnerability that I was not factoring me in my homeschool at all. I don't think I even know who I was, or what my interests were, or how I would want to do things for me. I don't think I had a facial moisturizer. I might have been brushing my teeth, but that was about it. I was definitely not taking care of me. And time for myself, or doing something interesting that was just stimulating my mind? Um, what? I did not have time for that. Something in that moment clicked and said, you have to start taking care of you to take care of your kids. And I say that to you too. It's not an option. It's not just about filling up a pitcher so that you can pour out a cup of whatever you need so you can pour out some stuff for your kids, though there's truth in that. You literally embody the atmosphere, and the energy of your homeschool. You have the biggest influence 
in your home. And I'm not saying that to make you feel bad or feel pressured because you're not going to show up authentically, perfectly, ideally, exactly as you want to all the days of your life. That's not a thing. You're a human being with human needs, with human feelings, and with human challenges. And you are not going to do it right all the time. But at the same time, you are growing and you want to do right by them and you want to show up for them in a way that really will benefit them. That's why you started this thing. So if that's the case, then I ask you, how are you planning for you? Whether you've been homeschooling for just a month or for even 25 years, you need to routinely practice taking care of you to nurture the nurturer. I wrote a book. Don't know if you heard about that. I've got a homeschool mama self-care nurturing the nurturer. And I tell you that this book is written to encourage you to take care of you and to plan for you. But it was absolutely a book that was born out of me encouraging me so that I would continue to take care of me so that I could take care of my kids. On the back of my book, the publisher wrote, you grapple with boredom, overwhelm, doubt, perfectionism, anger, and impatience. It's easy to overlook basic self-nurturing when faced with a steady stream of childhood needs. Learn how to reframe those uncomfortable feelings and develop the perspective that implementing self-care practices brings. Teresa delivers that and more in the book that addresses what real homeschool mamas need. Though I offer you encouragement in a book, I'm also offering you a homeschool mama retreat. Now, obviously, at this time, I can't give you a real-life retreat, though I am intending to, because I am a bed-and-breakfast owner eager to get back into business when I'm able. And I would love to meet you in person at my homestead bed and breakfast. I would love to spend a weekend with you where we had times of just chatting about the most core, important aspects of taking care of us. Maybe enjoying a homemade breakfast in the morning, definitely enjoying coffee by the riverside having afternoons of canoeing or hiking or paddleboarding or ziplining, if you feel. We could do all sorts of things in real time. And I would definitely take you at the evening around a campfire with a glass of wine and just chat real time. You, me, and a few other mamas and encourage each other and nurture each other. But in the meantime... I'm offering a homeschool mama retreat virtually. The goal of this homeschool mama retreat is to reassess your homeschool vision, to ask yourself, why are you homeschooling anyway? What's keeping you going? Do you have a vision? Do you need to recreate that vision? I'll talk about releasing your mindset, talking about the practicalities of homeschooling, like what is an education anyways? How are you to show up? Are you showing up as a teacher or a learning consultant or a facilitator? Is there a myth in multitasking? Honestly, is there a homeschool mom out there that doesn't become incredibly proficient at multitasking? Naturally, of course, but it turns out it's not a happy-making multitasking path. 
It is always a kind of agitated state of getting it all done, but not feeling very good at the end of the day when you do. I am definitely going to encourage you to read beyond this retreat, to read a whole lot about homeschooling, because even if you don't agree with what the author thinks, their philosophy, their approach, you will always feel like you were with another seasoned homeschooled parent that was willing to structure their thoughts in a book and give you loads of ideas about how you could approach your homeschooling and your children and all the stuff. I'm going to talk about what makes homeschooling hard, but I'm guessing you already know. Then I'm going to encourage you to reimagine how you show up in your homeschool family. Because, like I said, you set the atmosphere. When you understand yourself, when you have on the regular observed yourself, when you've assessed yourself and how you show up, actually how you show up, not how you want to show up or how you ideally show up or on the best of days show up, but how you truly show up. You help to unravel the internal challenges you have so that you can choose to show up the way that you want to show up. Because who you are impacts your family. I wish it weren't true, but more is caught than taught And that is actually true. A truth universally acknowledged is that a homeschool mama will always infuse her children with the core of who she really is more than the core of what she says. Thank you, Jane Austen. Actually, Jane Austen did not say that. Understand your identity outside your homeschool mom identity. It might not actually feel pertinent right now for you to explore your identity outside your homeschool mom identity. You're in the thick of homeschooling. You got a lot of demands around you. Why are you focusing on who you are? Well, besides the fact that one day you won't be homeschooling, that the kids actually grow up, that's the goal, you also nurture you all along the way so that when that day comes, you'll know what to do. And also, for 20 years, you don't have to put you on hold. So what are the steps to you becoming you? I talk about that, about where I've come from and how I've done that, because I definitely didn't start that way in homeschooling. How about you becoming you while you live with others? Really, that's encapsulated in a counseling word called self-differentiation, and it might be the most difficult aspect of Being part of a family is you fully acknowledging who you are and you doing you, but also still coexisting with other people and affirming them to do them. I'm always going to direct you back to creating your own homeschool mama daily affirmations. So you may or may not have downloaded my free PDF of homeschool mama daily affirmations, but I'm going to tell you daily affirmation each morning reminds you how you want to show up in your homeschool. No magic sauce there. You are not always going to follow through just because you said those affirmations in the morning, but it will seep into your soul gradually. Then we're going to talk about renovating your self-care strategies, the ones that you probably thought about 
when I first told you that I had a book on homeschool mama self-care. Renovating your morning routine. Creating a routine, not a schedule, even for you. Feeding your brain. Taking care of the physical self-care needs. And creating a regular self-nurturing routine. We'll talk about recognizing your emotional landscape, which I think is one of the biggest aspects of self-care, is really identifying how you engage certain feelings. What makes you feel filled with doubt or overwhelm or lonely or failure or impatient? How do you handle pressure cooker days or stressful times? Is there such a thing as homeschool balance? How do you deal with those days? How do you show up to them? How do you feel about the feelings that are not comfortable? And what do you do with them? That is a very big discussion in the Homeschool Mama Retreat for probably obvious reasons. It infuses your homeschool atmosphere. And let's talk recharging intentionally. Mentally recharging, enabling quiet time. Am I joking? No, I'm not. Yes, it can be done, but do not lock yourself in a bathroom. You're guaranteed to have a child knock on the door. How about keeping alone time or practicing fun time that you think is fun, not just what the kids think is fun? Creating learning time for you. I'm going to share with you the steps that I've taken to help me nurture me so I can help you nurture you so you can nurture those in your homeschool. If you're interested in something like this homeschool mama retreat, contact me at homeschool mama self-care on Facebook or Instagram, or you can email me at Teresa Wiedrich at outlook.com. This is a final letter to you homeschool mama. Once upon a time, you likely told yourself you have one of the best jobs in the world You took on this job with fervor and no one expected you to. You get to watch your kids grow up right before your eyes. You get to watch them learn chess moves when they're three, win chess games with dad at eight, and create their own Minecraft servers. Or at least that was my experience. You get to see their vivacious animated personality create a successful YouTube channel with 50,000 viewers? You get to watch their fascination with dolphins turn into an aquatic online science class. You get to watch them dance cute pink tutu and enter ballet. You get to observe their people-watching passions turn into a social sciences degree. Watch their preoccupation with history reading on their bed turn into a Greek and Latin civ history minor. You get to see them develop their interests as they grow into adulthood. You get to develop your interest too. If you're interested in Greek mythology, you can buy a book, read the book with the kids, take courses online, build Greek columns from sugar cubes, wrap yourself in white sheets, make a crown of grape leaves, and have your kids feed you grapes, olives, and wine on the living room floor, and call that social studies. You get to dabble in your interests, just like you encourage your kids to dabble in theirs. You get to do the homeschool huga. Isn't it funny how outsiders think we're tethered to all things uncomfortable? Meanwhile, we steadily move toward all things huga. Do they not know we can choose to let the kids sleep in if they want? 
Do they know we don't feel pressure toward cultural trends, nor do we even know about them a lot of the time? Do they not know we get to move at the flow of our family and influence the flow of our family to fit our needs too? We get chocolate chip cookies with cursive workbooks. We get family room fires with afternoon reading, tea and essential oils throughout school days and candlelight just because. Mama, has anyone told you that you have one of the best jobs in the world? Homeschooling can be a challenge to maintain mama's self-care, no doubt. But the homeschool lifestyle can also be a charmed life that encourages mama's self-care. It's a challenge to build on your needs. It's a challenge to build on addressing your needs, your wants, and your personality into your homeschool world. But it can be done. And it will be done as you continue moving forward, instilling habits and practices that take care of you. So let's keep working towards turning our challenges into our charms. I wish you and your family health and happiness as you learn to go beyond surviving to thriving as you learn to nurture the nurturer. I would love to learn more about who you are, so come on over to our Facebook group, the Homeschool Mama Support Group, or the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Instagram page, so we can support and encourage each other in our homeschool challenges. While you're there, you can check out the book of Homeschool Encouragement, Homeschool Mama Self-Care, Nurturing the Nurturer. If you're a homeschool mama looking for extra support, ask me about the Homeschool Mama Retreat. All the show notes and links of this episode will be found at www.capturingthecharmlife.com. Please subscribe to this podcast and post a review because when you do, you help other homeschool mamas learn more about how to take care of themselves to nurture the nurturer. Until next time, I hope you and your kids have a charmed week. And if you're having one of those days, I hope you can reframe your challenges into your homeschool charms.